All right, welcome to Rock Vegas, everybody. It's Glenn Rockney. And the Raiders beat the Denver Broncos at Allegiant Stadium. 37 to 12. What a win. What a win by the Raiders. Um, it was a blowout win. Uh, it wasn't a laugher for the entire game, but I was laughing a lot in the second half. Yeah, the first half was sloppy, but you know, the second half the, the Raiders really woke up and and Credit to the defense. The defense played well all game. Like, all game. They they stopped Drew Locke. Um, forced turnovers, and we'll, we'll get to those in a minute. But um, they were able to win the turnover battle handily in a blowout. So, uh, really, when, when you do that, you, I like the Raiders' chances against anybody. They win the turnover battle, they're going to win the game most of the time. Now... Going into the game, I know some people were, were, were freaking out about is Gabe Jackson going to play? He, he suited up. Um, you know, even going into the, the season, a lot of team people were really hyped about the Broncos. Um, like PFF, they really like the Broncos with Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler edition. And um, even some Raider fans were like, hey, you got to watch out for Drew Locke. I remember some people last year saying Drew Locke does a lot of stuff Derek Carr doesn't do. Oh, man, look at him. He, he'll run. He'll make plays. He'll improv, do all that kind of stuff. Look, I, I, I'll I'll tell you right now, I'm I'm a lot more uh, content with the Raiders having number four under center than than Drew Locke. So there was definitely a quarterback. Uh, there was definitely a gap in quarterback level in this game, and uh, and the Raiders defense also just showed up and and played four quarters to where the offense was allowed to make some mistakes. You know, they, the offense was sloppy today um, overall, especially in the passing game. It was sloppy. Um, I can't pin a lot of that on Derek Carr. Almost none of it, honestly. Um, receivers were dropping balls. There were big plays left on the board. But the Raiders, man, they clamped up. They clamped up. The secondary played really well today, even with Trayvon Mullen struggling a little bit. The secondary really, really clamped up on the Broncos' uh, receivers and tight ends. They did a great job um, schematically taking Noah Fant out of the game. And, and really, I... I, it, it just felt nice to kind of – there was a time in the game where the game was put away, right? It was put away. And, and to me, that was – you know, you could argue they won – they had it won below, before this, but it became a laugher when uh, Deshaun Hamilton fumbled inside, basically, to put the Raiders inside the red zone. You could argue that that's what happened there. But it was a slow start, right? It was a slow start before that. The, the offense – came out and did the, the classic Gruden Raiders offense where they look like, no, no joke, like the greatest show on turf in the first drive. The Raiders' first drive, I, I love the Raiders' first drive. They would never lose a game if, they, if their offense was, was moving the way they do on the first drive. And then the defense, right? The, the defense got off to a pretty hot start, too. Um, they forced a three and out, and whenever you kick the ball off, right, defer to the second half, and then you stop that team on their first possession, you are like totally in the driver's seat. And that did come into play for the Raiders. But even though the passing game struggled early, the run game really came alive. Really, after the first couple drives, the run game wasn't quite there, but the run game came alive. Devontae Booker and Josh Jacobs are... Right now, I'm, I'm not taking two running backs, right? Those two, that two running back combo over really anybody. And and look, I understand Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunter are a really good combo too, but I'm sorry. I'll, I'll take, I'll take Jacobs and Booker. They're running behind, honestly, like 
an offensive line that has that's missing three starters. Almost was missing Gabe Jackson today. So these guys are putting up 190 yards plus over their last three games. Uh, it's not just those two cars getting rushing yards too, Richard and stuff like that. So it's not just them, but the Raiders are rushing for over 190 yards a game the last three games. And look, we know Josh Jacobs is great. He had that little lull, right? little kind of lapse in production where he looked like he wasn't healthy. He just didn't look like he was running the same. Um, he's all the way back now, in my opinion, uh, just the way he's able to manufacture yards. He had a run to the outside today. Um, I, I want to say it was either the late second, early third quarter where he he bounced it outside, made a guy, made a few guys miss, got it out to the first down around 10 yard run. And it was just, it was classic Jacobs where he's back where nobody looks like they have a plan to stop him, you know? And look, does Josh Jacobs break those huge runs? Matt Fallon and I talked about it last week. He doesn't break those huge runs, those 50, 60 yard runs, those long touchdown runs that you see a lot of like fast backs run or uh, a lot of those like faster backs, backs that maybe had a you know, better 40 times can run. Uh, and maybe Jacobs doesn't have that breakaway speed, but he is always able to manufacture at least like four yards when, when there's nothing there. And that's coming into play when you're miss- missing these three starters on the offensive line, right? Uh, a back that's able to do that. And now in the offseason, all we talked about was, man, what are they going to do if Jacobs were to go down? Or even if, if, if it's just not working with Jacobs, is there somebody else they could put in there that could really give a spark to the offense? And I remember when they signed Devontae Booker, and I was like, oh, all right, camp body. They're obviously going to go after somebody else, right? Well, I wanted Carlos Hyde, right? That was the guy I wanted. But I was like, oh, they're going to go after somebody else, but Devontae Booker's there right now just to, to be a camp body. Um, I, I couldn't eat my words anymore on that. It, it was like, I, I can't believe how good Devontae Booker is in this offense. Devontae Booker, he, he looks like he's been running in this offense for years. You know, like it looks like he was born for a John Gruden offense. Um, it, it, it's, it's nuts. Like he didn't start out super hot or anything, but in that second half, he he was able to take a lot of a lot of spell out of, or he was able to spell Jacobs in the second half, and they didn't lose any production out of that. Sixteen rushes for eighty-one yards, two touchdowns against his former team. I watched his press conference, and I watched Gruden's press conference, and they were like, "Ah, he doesn't hold any ill will against the Broncos. Maybe he doesn't hold ill will, but I don't think you want to have a bad game against the team that let you go, right? I don't think you want to have a bad game against them." So. You know, I, I think Booker has two touchdowns. Jacobs has two touchdowns. They're a great kind of – thunder and lightning isn't really quite an accurate way to put it, but Jacobs is the thunder, right? Like he is the guy that will just barrel you over, make you miss, um, great in a phone booth, great in the open field. Just that like pure – as far as pure runners go, I'm not sure there's a better one in the league. And then Booker's just got that extra juice. He likes to run outside, even though today I think both of his touchdowns came from in between the tackles. But just he likes to run outside. He's a bit he's faster than Jacobs and and can get physical too. He's stronger than a lot of guys trying to tackle him. So this run game's great. And I and I feel like this run game, when this run game's working the way that it's working, I feel like that's a wet dream for John Gruden. Like not to put that visual in a lot of people's heads, but you know, I, I think, I think John, I posted it earlier. I said, when John Gruden's able to trust his defense, like he was able today, he was able to trust this defense. He didn't see anything from drew lock to be like, Hey man, um, I don't trust this defense today. And, and for good reason, the, the defense had drew locks number today. 
and the run game was working great. So when John Gruden's able to run the ball 20 times in a row, like he did in, you know, end of the third, early fourth, like I, the Raiders did not pass the ball a lot in the second half, you know, especially towards the fourth quarter. They didn't pass the ball that much. They didn't need to. And I think that's John Gruden, like that's his offense operating at its, at its peak, you know? And, and I don't think it's operating at its peak right now, but to him, the versatility and the, when the passing game is a little bit sloppy, right? Guys are dropping balls to be able to just put damn near 200 yards on the ground up against a division opponent, as bad as the Broncos are, look, you, you still got to beat the brakes off of them to, to make that a convincing win. And that's what the Raiders did. And a lot of that goes to running the ball the way they were able to run the ball. You know, like I, I remember that Sunday night game in 2016 against the Broncos at the Coliseum. And they just, they just blew them off the line of scrimmage. That was one of the most dominating offensive line performances I've ever seen. Now, the Raiders only had like half of that offensive line today. Right. And there was definitely, I'll give credit to Tom Cable. Um, they did a fantastic job, but they just don't have the talent that that offensive line did right now. Now, when they're healthy, I think they're very comparable. But that offensive line today had no business being an offensive line that yields almost 200 yards rushing. It's crazy. It's crazy. And Tom Cable. Uh, as long as John Gruden is the head coach of the, of the Raiders, and that's probably going to be the better part of his contract, I'd say at least the next eight out, eight, or mm-hmm. at least eight out of the 10 years that he signed for, I'd say he's going to be here for. But as long as John Gruden's here, I want Tom Cable here. Because I don't know what happened in Seattle. I know Seattle was drafting like tight ends and like defensive linemen, being like, hey, you can rush the passer. How about you protect the passer now? How about you're an offensive lineman now? And they're like, that's not the position I play. And then Tom Cable's like, that's not the position they play. You want me to coach them? They're like, make it work, Tom. So now maybe when you actually draft offensive linemen and acquire offensive linemen that Tom Cable likes, maybe you get this great product that the Raiders are putting out on the field. So Tom Cable needs to stay here for a while. Um, as long as John Gruden's here, that's what, that's what I want. I don't know if Tom Cable is like an insane, like Bill Callahan level line coach where he can go anywhere and make their offensive line better, but he makes this offensive line great. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't substitute him for any coach, not even that retired guy from the Patriots, uh, Skarnakia. So yeah, the passing game, right? Offensive line did a, did a decent job in the past game today. Derek Carr did a good job maneuvering, uh, breaking the pocket when he needed to. But the offensive line, for better or for worse, did a, did a good job today. Um, but the drops, the drops, was they were brutal. They were brutal. <laughs> it, has, it hasn't been like something that's plagued the Raiders this year. But the last couple of weeks, they've been slip, coming up a little bit. And I would, you know, I love Darren Waller. I'm, I'm a Darren Waller super fan, but that touchdown he dropped man i don't know if it was going to be a touchdown he had to come back a little bit for the ball but i like my chances when waller catches that ball of him taking that at least another 20 yards from where he caught it but he dropped the ball henry ruggs had trouble getting his hands out for a perfectly thrown ball from Carr. i believe that was in the first quarter would have made that a 14 to 3 game would have really started the route a lot earlier than it ended up happening look that's okay didn't come back to haunt you today and you still put up 37 points Aguilar in the end zone right second down play they end up having to settle for a field goal throws a little bit high i need that ball caught right i think we all can agree with that 
There's two things that are possible. I see a lot of debates. Hey, that ball was high. And then third down play, they miss Waller. That's fine. Catch, catch the one that's there, though. You know, when that ball's thrown to you, you beat your guy. Ball's about, about at your helmet height. Catch the ball. Okay? Nelson Aguilar, as much as I love him, drops are a thing, and they're going to happen with him. So I don't think we should ever count on Nelson Aguilar to be like this insane number one receiver. It's a ball, you know, it's a very diverse offense where you spread the ball around. And Nelson Aguilar happens to be the best deep threat on the team right now. And Henry Ruggs isn't that guy. I think Henry Ruggs is good when Carr wants to extend the play. I, th- I think we saw that pop back up today where, where when Carr was trying to extend the play, Henry Ruggs was able to get up, make a nice athletic play on the ball. Um, that was nice to see. But, you know, I, I think they're, again, I'll, I'll keep saying it until they do it, just work it to them underneath. You know, I know he's having his, his struggles right now, but working to him underneath, let's build that confidence because he has good hands, right? Even though he had, had trouble getting his hands out, I just think that's a, a ball tracking issue that he's having trouble with down the field. And, and it's okay to say he has that issue right now. There's going to be people that defend him to the grave. That's fine. You can do that. But I think right now he's just not a finished product in the deep game. Speed does not translate into a good deep threat. That's just not the way it works. You have to do other things. And part of that is tracking the ball in the air, which he is struggling with. So, um, yeah, I, I counted three touchdowns. And, and if you want to put it conservatively, two touchdowns that were dropped, right? I think you can count the Aguilar play and the, the, probably the Ruggs play um, as balls that should have been caught and touchdowns. So, you know, really... Derek Carr could have had a career day today, and, and that's fine. Hey, look, he won. He won. We don't care. That's one thing we decided as Raider fans in year seven of Derek Carr is that we don't care about his stats, win games. And that's what he did. And that's what he's been doing this year. So that's fine. But the wide receivers, and, and, and you're not always going to be playing a team like Denver every week, right? And Denver's defense isn't terrible. I think they still did a really nice job against Denver's defense. But um, they're going to be playing against some better defenses. Um, you know, I, I guess down the stretch, you know, the schedule doesn't show a whole lot of great defenses, but you're going to play Miami, Indianapolis, teams that have better defenses um, down the stretch, and those balls got to get caught. But what's encouraging is that these wide receivers and tight ends are getting open, right? They're getting open, and those plays are there. They could have put 60 points on the Broncos today. Maybe 55. Who's counting? But the, it could have been the Darren McFadden laughing game. You know what I mean? With the laughing 59 to 14 box score where he's like laughing like, ha ha, like that. That that could have been today's score. It wasn't. 37 to 12, I'll take it every single time. Just a, just a small critique that I have that that's something you want to correct before it becomes a problem. But let's go to the defense now. Okay, here's the big thing that stood out. Five turnovers, right? Four interceptions and a fumble. That's what I've been saying, right, was the difference between this defense and the 2016 defense. Now, I think this defense has better players on it than the 2016 did, right? Khalil Mack was head and shoulders better than anybody on this defense, but I think this defense has better players in the secondary than that 2016 defense did, you know? And I think the linebackers are better. And... I don't think Paul Gunther, as much as we criticize him, I don't think he's as bad as Ken Norton Jr. <laughs> so, I, I mean, maybe this defense is better, but they were not forcing turnovers before, hmm, 
I, I guess we'll say today, you know, but but I guess they did a decent job against Cleveland. They they forced a few, um, but they hadn't been creating like big plays. They weren't a playmaking defense. And when you're not a great defense, you got to be able to create turnovers. You have to be able to make the other team make a mistake. And I thought they did a great job schematically. Um, you know, one question I had was 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 Corey Littleton's presence, right? I I I had said it before is Corey Littleton allows this team to do whatever they want schematically, right? You could leave Littleton alone on an Island. You could ask him play a little bit of zone um, with Nick Morrow starting and Nick Morrow even said it in his press conference that the defense had to tweak a couple things, right? They, they couldn't do, be as versatile of a defense when Corey Littleton is not on the field. Right? So this team still needs Corey Littleton, right? And I think Nicholas Morrow played his ass off today. He was great on blitzes, forced in a turnover, basically got got locked to get scared, shit down his leg and throw that ball right to Carl Nassib. Nicholas Morrow also had a great sack fumble too. Played his ass off today. So I'm not saying he didn't, right? But Corey Littleton is still necessary to this team. I don't want to, I don't want people to forget that. There are people saying this team's better off without him. That is absolutely not true. I'll die on that hill. What you should have learned from this game is that maybe Nicholas Morrow is better than we thought. And, and I do think he's a little bit better than, than we thought. I think he's a lot more explosive than we thought. I think he's a really good blitzing linebacker. He's got a lot of speed and can make plays in zone coverage. So that's nice to see. But let's not forget that Corey Littleton still needs to be on this defense to beat teams that are better than Drew Locke-led offenses. So shout out Nicholas Morrow. He was fantastic today. Let's just not forget about Corey Littleton. Now, I thought the defensive line looked really solid today. Um, they were getting gashed from the run early. They were missing tackles on Melvin Gore. I remember there was a play that should have been blown up in the backfield. I think it was by Kendall Vickers, I want to say. Um, he missed the tackle. Ferrell missed the tackle. Somebody got stiff-armed, and then they gave up 10 yards. I'm thinking, is this going to be one of those days? But it wasn't, right? And I think a big part of that was Jonathan Hankins was blowing up the line of scrimmage, living in the backfield. Even if he wasn't in on the tackle, he was forcing that. He was basically blowing up the run play right where the run play was supposed to go he said nope it's not happening here you're gonna have to make somebody miss somewhere else and, and the running backs weren't able to do that right philip Lindsay non-factor today melvin gordon factor in the first quarter not much else for the rest of the game jonathan hankins is a big part of that i thought kendall vickers played some really good snaps i thought malik collins flashed a little bit today even in in, in pass rush situations um, Max Crosby played the way Max Crosby does, right? Does he win every snap? Does he win? Does he beat the tackle every snap? No, but he's a great hustle player, has a great motor, and when he does win in pass rush, he usually finishes the job. Another guy I got to give credit to was the great Arden Key. Um, this is a pro Arden Key podcast. Uh, hasn't looked great on my prediction this year, but I thought he was very active, especially early in the game. Um, all over the place uh, definitely uh, changed the game for Drew Locke because Drew Locke wasn't playing well before Arden Key hit him, but he damn sure didn't play better after Arden Key lit his ass up, man. And part, part of that was Drew Locke's fault. I think he had a hot route. I remember uh, Trent Green was saying he missed the hot, hot route and held onto that ball too long and created his own rib injury basically. And uh, so shout out Arden Key. He was, he was kind of, looked fast he looked kind of like a linebacker most of the time rather than defensive end and um i thought he was really good today too uh furl made some plays too and and i thought the defensive line did it did a good job did only got credited for two sacks but it felt like they were getting consistent pressure throughout the game and that's just what needs to happen 
you just have to get consistent pressure. I don't care about the sack numbers. I just want throws to be affected, right, by pressure because I think that creates these turnovers, right? I think that creates these turnovers. Speaking of turnovers, how about Jeff Heath? Jeff Heath today. I, I thought Jeff Heath, really, anytime he's on the field, I, I feel like the defense is a little bit better. And I don't have the metrics to prove that. But he's a playmaker. Feels weird. He doesn't look like a playmaker. I was laughing. He looks like he could be next to me on this podcast right now. He was wearing a Carhartt hat and a Nike crew neck. <laughs> like I was like, "Hey, man, what's up, dude? I'll, like I'll go, I'll go drink at his tap room sometime." But the guy can play. He can jump a route. At the end of the half, man, look, this was a ball game at one point. At the end of the half, the Raiders' offense was kind of struggling, like really bad. And the Broncos got in the red zone. He jumps that slant route that Judy was running, and it wasn't the greatest read by Drew Locke, but that was the that changed the momentum of the game, in my opinion. Took points off the board for the Broncos. Raiders get the ball back in the second half. The game's never the same after. He had the pick earlier in the game, too. And he would have had a third pick if it wasn't for Nick Kwiatkowski making the one-handed pick. That ball was going, like, right into Jeff Heath's chest. So... Drew Locke was handing out presents like Oprah handing out cars today. But Jeff Heath was there to get him. And I've seen a lot of times the Raiders drop those plays, right? So when you have people that can capitalize on a quarterback handing out gifts like that, I love it. I absolutely love it. So I think Jeff Heath and Jonathan Abram, they got to be the best safety combo on this team. Like, I really, I really think so. And, and look, there's times where you're going to have to have Harris out there too. Um, you, you don't want that to be the case, but especially when they're going to have ha- uh Abram blitzing and and the way they do. And maybe you have to have Harris out there sometimes. I'll have to watch some of the all 22 guys like taped on live. I'll have to check them out to see what they say about it. But to me, it just when Jeff Heath's on the on the team, and and look, today the Broncos are not the offense that the Chiefs are, but Heath was making plays in the Chiefs game, making plays in the Broncos game. And I'd like to see a lot more of them out there with Jonathan Abram kind of playing as like a help safety. I don't know. We'll see. Now, in the secondary, it looked like the team got a little bit better um, with Arnett back. Arnett made some plays early, and I thought he was good in coverage the whole game. Although, I, I will say, I got to give it to Nevin Lawson. Nevin Lawson was good today, too. Made plays on the ball, made a really good play. I think on the first play of the game, they, Broncos tried to get a, a, a bootleg out, and, and he, could, he made a nice play on that ball. He was on an island with Jerry Judy. But Arnett was making plays, too, early in the game. When Kevin Harlan was like, I don't know what these guys are arguing about. Oh, they're congratulating each other. Arnett made a good play on that play. Man, Kevin Harlan was had an off day today, man. Jeez. Absolute legend, man. Hey, legends have bad games. Nonetheless, I thought Ar- Arnett played really well um, today, too. Mullen had a kind of a tough game early, especially when he got hurt. Got his bell rung a little bit. Kind of felt like Gruden slipped in the cheat sheet in the concussion tent because right after he didn't look like a he didn't look like the corner that we know he is. But later in the game, he 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 lined it up, man. He lined it up, and Jerry Judy's going to be a very good wide receiver in this league for a long time. So it's okay if he, you know, the guy with probably the best footwork in the draft routes you up a couple times. That's okay. But Mullen Mullen clamped up later in the game, and I'm glad he's healthy again. You know, and I, and hopefully that. 
I don't know. That seemed like a weird injury that he had for him to come back in. Just saying. And man, I just got to give one last shout out to the, to the great Nick Kwiatkowski. Nick Kwiatkowski's a beast, man. The guy's an absolute beast. Really good on like breaking on underneath throws and stuff. Like when when he he makes really good plays on the ball, really aggressive. But it doesn't look like he's just running all over the field with his head on fire. Like he always has a plan as a linebacker. He's all over the place. He's making tackles. The the games he was out, man, this team was giving up a lot of yards on the ground. And look at that interception he has late in the game, man. One-handed, are you kidding me? Excellent game for him. I know he keeps getting banged up a little bit on that, like, shoulder, maybe, like, pectoral area, and maybe that's something he's just playing through throughout the year. So hopefully that doesn't become a thing because this team needs Nick Kwiatkowski out there, man. He's a beast. He really is. And and, and it, it's it's funny. Like, this defense, it's playing better. And now you could argue that they played a lot better offenses earlier in the year. You know? But the Chargers were putting up points on other teams. Denver put up points on other teams. So the defense is playing better. Now, now, I don't want to get too excited about the defense, though, because it is Drew Locke, right? I said on a couple episodes ago with Marcus Johnson that the Jake Locker, the Jake Locker tag is something that goes from quarterback to quarterback, right? Right now, it's on Drew, Drew Locke. He's 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 the new Drew Locker, Jake Locker. He he is not good, but this defense did what a defense should do against a bad quarterback. They made them turn the ball over. They didn't let Drew Locke do some weird hero ball, Gardner Minshew, scramble all over the field, throw it and into traffic, guy makes the catch. They didn't let that happen. So it's nice to see this defense coming around, making plays, right? They're not, they're not incredible. They're not going to ever rank any top categories in anything but they're going to make plays. And that's how it worked in 2016, right? The offense was really good. The defense made plays. So now today when the offense is kind of sloppy, making some dumb mistakes, bonehead plays, to see the defense step up and force turnovers, uh, that really helps. I know a lot of you want Paul Gunther fired, but I got news today. I got news. I don't think Paul Gunther's going anywhere. And... If the Raiders have a good defensive performance against the Chiefs, and when I say good defensive performance, similar to the last uh, game against the Chiefs, coming off a bye week against Andy Reid, Paul Gunther is not only not going to get fired, he's going to get an extension. No joke. I'm not saying that's what I would do, but this year... Paul Gunther has three games, right? Holding Cleveland to six points, holding Denver to 12 points, beating Mahomes in Arrowhead and playing well against him in in Arrowhead. How do you get rid of him? Right? How do you get rid of him? I know some people want him fired. I'm not the biggest fan. There's still stuff he does that infuriates me. But it does look like he's able to confuse a bad quarterback. 
He was able to confuse Justin Herbert a few times. He was able to confuse Drew Locke a lot today. And I'm starting to think now that when, you know, these young high picks like Arnett, Furl's playing a lot better this year. Guys like that start playing better. Abram's playing, you know, Abram had a had a very up and down day today. But when these guys start playing better, you have to wonder is maybe is Paul Gunther's scheme actually like is it able to be a sustainably good defense at any point? And I think you see flashes of it. And with the loyalty John Gruden has to his assistant coaches, he hasn't really got rid of a lot of assistant coaches. So until Gunther really gives him that reason to look, they're six and three right now. Three and oh in the division. I don't think they're getting rid of Paul Gunther. Not even at the end of this year, unless there is a monster collapse and the defense is mainly the reason that that collapse incurs, which that could happen. That's still on the table. But for those of you waiting for Paul Gunther week to week to get fired, it's not happening. Just letting you guys know. So just enjoy the win. Six and three Raiders. Defense is making strides. Offense is just a couple bonehead plays away from really, really just blowing teams out and becoming an awesome team. And lastly, just a couple things. I thought the special teams today was very interesting. Now, Renfro had a had a touchdown called back because of a legal blindside block. Now, I watched the replay. That wasn't a blindside block. But if you've been watching the NFL this year, not just the Raiders, other teams, whenever the whenever referees ever since this rule, this blindside block has come into the league and and entered the league, I'd say it's been about 4 years since it's come in the league. Whenever there's a loud crack on somebody like when whenever the runner is running the other way that or running, you know, and the blocker doesn't see the linebacker, whether he's facing the linebacker or not. And the line and whoever the, you know, special teams guy just lays him out, whether it's a blind side or not, that flag gets thrown. They damn near throw those flags based on sound of the hit. And you know, that crash car crash looking hit, you know, a lot of that, that happens a lot. It's kind of like targeting in college. They throw the flag and then ask questions later. So I thought it, that even though Abram probably made a clean block in that play, you just got to be more aware that 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 Renfro's already passed what you're what you're trying to stop from getting to Renfro. So you just got to wall him off, right? Wall him off with your back. Tough to say. Easier say. It's easy to say behind a microphone in a house with the Jimi Hendrix poster behind you. Um, it's easy to say that. But you know, I think Jonathan Abram is the the Raiders' Draymond Green, and I'll say that for the long for. For the longest time, because I think he's going to make some absolutely brilliant plays. Just brilliant plays. I know some people hate Draymond Green. I'm a Warrior fan. I love the guy. But he's made some of the most brilliant defensive plays I've ever seen on a basketball court. And I think Jonathan Abrams is capable of doing that as well. But he's also able to do the dumbest, most infuriating stuff that negates huge plays, like you saw today on the punt return. But the silver lining of that is I think Hunter Renfro is a damn good punt returner. Who would have thought? He's explosive, catches the ball cleanly, and can run. He's shifty and got some breakaway speed. I don't. I never. I guarantee if you have a stopwatch on the guy, it'll never show up. But it just looks like it. He looks like he's faster than whoever's trying to tackle him. So shout out Hunter Ren, Hunter Renfro. That's a good nickname. But Hunter Renfro, shout out to him on a on a to really becoming a great punt returner. 
And then also I thought special teams did a really nice job um, on just that opening, that opening kickoff where I don't know what the hell the Broncos guy was doing. Carlson kicked it short. The guy's like moving back and forth, running around doing some like Madden 2003 Michael Vick type play where you're just running back and forth trying to create the hardest possible route and still complete a deep pass. That's the way the guy was running on the kickoff. Got laid out at like the five-yard line. Special teams really set the, co- set the tone for the day. And uh, lastly, with special teams, Daniel, Daniel Carlson's been good this year. I was really scared about Daniel Carlson. I thought he was going to be a weakness on this team because he didn't really end the season very well last year. But he's been nails. He's been nails this year. I think the only two misses I, I I can think of off the top of my head, and maybe there's been more, but there's the only two misses I can think of off my head was the one at the Patriots, which was really bad. That was a bad miss. But then the one at Cleveland, you know, nobody was kicking field goals with any kind of conviction in that day. And he's been nails otherwise against the Saints, right? The one that really made it a two-score game at the end. It was a long field goal. It's the 50-yarder today. I mean, it's it's really nice. Kickers are one of those guys where if you have a good one, you take them for granted. If you have a bad one, it's the it's the bane of your existence. So I'm glad Daniel Carlson's been doing a good job, and I hope he keeps that up. So Raider, Raider fans, Raider Nation, the Raiders are 6-3, and 3-0 three, three and in the division. They have wins over the Chiefs, Broncos, and Chargers, one apiece. It's... It's lovely. I got to say, it it feels really good. Um, Whatever happens next week against the Chiefs happens. I think it's going to be a a, a close game. Sunday night football. Um, I can't, I can never predict, predict a win against Andy Reid on a bye, but Hey, we'll see what happens. And the Raiders are six and three. Look, Dolphins got to start losing some games, but the Raiders play them. Right. So they have a chance to actually influence the Dolphins record later in the year. You hope the Colts and Titans still bottom out. You hope Cleveland starts hitting a skid, which I think that definitely could happen. AFC is going to be tough this year, but the Raiders are holding their own. Their three losses this year are not three losses you should be ashamed of, even though there were opportunities to win in all three of those games. So one thing I love about this Raider team is that, unlike last year, they kind of flipped it right over. They used to be a really good first-half team last year. And it would really, it was really fool's gold. You'd be like really excited the way the offense looked and the defense looked in the first half. They would just crumble in the second half, right? Almost a domino effect, right? The offense would sputter, defense would sputter, turnovers would happen, and it would just be like, ugh. You could just see it. It was almost predictable, scripted. This year, they'll start out slow in the first half and then come out banging in the second half. So I think that's way more sustainable what the Raiders are doing. There is a difference between this team, Raider Nation, and last year's team. So get excited, get excited. No matter what happens next week, get excited. They have everything they need going for them. Hopefully the offensive line gets healthier. Hopefully they're able to get guys like Brian Edwards involved more. Shout out to Brian Edwards. Made a nice play on a very nice throw from Derek Carr today. But I think, I think this offense, I, I'm, not, I'm not as worried about this offense. I just hope that this defense can keep it up um, against better competition. I hope they look, you know, good against the Mahomes for a second time, which, hey, that's a, that's a tough task when they already got a, a one game on film against you. It's always it's going to be tough. But there's no reason this team shouldn't be playing a playoff game this year. 
There's no reason. Oh, it's rebuilding. No, no, rebuild's over. Win now. Win now. All right, Raider Nation, that's it for me. Um, very fun win today, 37-12, to 12, Raiders over the Broncos. Um, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Glenn Rockney, G-L-E-N-R-O-C-K-N-E-Y. Um, this is on Rare Candy Podcast Network. Um, you can follow Rare Candy at Rare Candy Pod 1 and um, check us out. Um, it's another podcast that, that I have. Um, have a lot of episodes backlogged there, so um, I'm with my good friend crypto sci on that one and uh subscribe to the youtube channel please leave a review uh if you want anybody to come on this podcast right any media person or whatever tweet at them tweet at them hey go on this thing it works a lot better than you think it does go on with glenn rockney go on rock vegas tweet at them never know i'm always down to have guests on so um yeah, this is Rock Vegas. Uh, thanks for tuning in, guys. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, wherever you like to listen. All right, guys. Have a good one. Have a good, safe week.